Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I am your host, Christiana. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I am doing very well today. We got a couple things to get into. I don't really have much else to say, I guess. I'm, I'm going to admit, I don't really plan out what I say to answer your question, even though you ask it every time and I know it's coming. I kind of just do this off the fly. Yeah, you know, I do I do hate to put pressure on you within the first yeah. 15 seconds of the show because I probably <laughs> wouldn't like that if it were if the roles were uh if the roles were reversed, but because you know, I really don't have much to say a lot either. But uh, you know, we usually we just get into the topics and and go from there. But you know, I, I do I usually, you know, enjoy the enjoy the response, especially like uh yeah especially like when we're when we're mocking something but you know not not much uh not much has has happened that we can mock mm-hmm. really so um you know first off we got to talk about a team that we've we've talked a lot negatively about uh before i think we've highlighted like two bad like just streak of losing like not losing streaks but times where they've lost like eight out of ten or 10 out of 12 or something like that where we've just highlighted them we've highlighted them a lot on slightly alarming as well and it took took us uh took us a while for us to get a how about that on um on this team but uh the new york yankees have won 12 in a row they're still currently on this win streak and uh yeah just taking over uh taking over that wild card race um i think they're what like four games back in the division yeah yeah, three and a half, back. I think, because I think the three and a half because they won last night and the Rays didn't play. Yeah, so four or three and a half back of the Rays, and uh, man, looking like oh, uh, no, they are four, like they are four. Looking like they uh, w- would uh, play, you know, bef- looking how we expected them to play is uh, what. Yeah, we- I mean, this is how this is how they should have been all along. Like you know, it's it's very funny that the fan base fired Aaron Boone. Uh, in the middle of the season like three different times and uh, this is how they are because I just want to say like I was defending Aaron Boone from a baseball fan standpoint like he was getting way too much heat for for the way they were performing and uh, yeah I, I I like how that takes looking now right yeah um, and like there's always going to be uh, there are always you know, people who just blame an- analytics uh, and the manager, out- yeah, outright. <laughs> like the the magical word a- analytics just gets thrown out there and mm-hmm. throws people under the bus. Yeah, um, and yeah, and they always blame it on the manager. And yeah, look at their look at them now. I think there are three games. The the uh, the advantage for them um, hosting the wild card game is like three games right now. Yeah. Um. 
they did yeah they swept the red Sox uh last week and yeah they've they've uh really just taken over yeah it started their winning streak started uh right after it the, the cat ran on the field or whatever it was yeah, that's when the or- that's when the Orioles losing streak started. They're like twelve and three or something since then. It started after the Field of Dreams game. After the Field of Dreams game, yeah. they went back to Chicago. They were they had enough of that uh, Iowa nonsense. They went to the South Side and won the last two games of that series. Uh, they won a, a makeup game against the Angels on Monday the sixteenth. They swept Boston. They swept Minnesota. Uh, they had a two-game sweep of Atlanta in uh, Truist Park, and uh, they just beat uh, Oakland for the first game of a four-game series between uh, those two wildcard contenders. Um, I mean, like most of most of these games have been against playoff teams too, like the oh, White yeah. Sox, the White Sox, the Red Sox, the A's, the Braves. I think most of them have been like the only non-playoff teams have been the Twins and then that one against the Angels. And the Twins, like, they still have a very good offense, too. Yeah, especially, in, you know, going into that stadium as well. Yeah, it's it's something else. Like, what – from a from someone who's not maybe watching every game, uh, like, what, what changes do you kind of see just peripherally? Peripherally, I mean, like, they are – they're coming through when they need to. Like, they're – they would all like the runners in scoring position stats were always really bad this year. That's why they were they were so bad. Uh, in the month of August, they have a 142 weighted runs created plus in high leverage situations. Yeah, that's that's all you need to see. Like that's those are, you know, before the month of August, they weren't coming through in those situations, and now they are. So, uh, that's that's the difference maker right there. Is they're finally you know getting the hits they need to make. Uh, Corey Kluber is coming back. The pitching's been strong on all fronts. Uh, the bullpen's been actually the bullpen's probably been a little bit weaker, but um, the starting pitching has been great. You know, Garrett Cole is still Garrett Cole. Jamison Tyon was a how about that of yours. Uh, Andrew Heaney's been stable-ish through the last couple starts after struggling, and then there's Cortez and there's uh, Heal. Yeah, um, yeah, Heaney. By the way, he's like he's a he's a victim of the bad luck. I'm about like. I was talking. He's the, he's the god of XFIP. Yeah, I was talking. Uh, I was talking to you before recording. I was going to do a thread on Eduardo Rodriguez because most, you know, most of my followers are like Red Sox fans. You know, uh, whoever's interacting with tweets or whatever. So that's just a more attractive option. But Andrew Heaney has a bigger difference in ERA and expected ERA, and it, mm-hmm. he's like, if you go to his video, there's a lot of wall scraper home runs, <laughs> and Yankee Stadium isn't going to help that. Yeah, um, and with the field of dreams as well. Right. Yeah. Um, statistically, with the Yankees uh, on their winning streak, on the pitching side of things, uh, Jonathan Loizaga, your how about that from a couple weeks ago? Eight and a third scoreless from him, or at least without an earned run. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Zero ERA. One one three FIP. Uh, appears to have uh, 10 strikeouts and one walk in the span. Wandy Peralta, six innings, no earned runs from him. Garrett Cole, he came back from the COVID IL, 11 and two-thirds innings pitch, one earned run allowed. Uh, Nestor Cortez has a 208 ERA, 
through 13 innings. That's three earned runs. Um, even Andrew Heaney on this winning streak uh, in, in his two starts, 11 innings, two, four, five ERA. So it, it's, uh, it's working out pitching wise. Uh, also overall on this winning streak, the Yankees pitching staff ranks third in earned run average. And uh, on, on uh, offensively, they rank uh, fourth in OPS over this, uh, over this span in this winning streak individually, Luke Voigt hitting 419 with a 1292 OPS, really trying to solidify that first base spot that seemed to be uh, taken away from him. Uh, John Carlos Stanton hitting 333 with the 1217 OPS. I got to see I got to see a 440 footer in person that uh, that he hit on this winning streak. Aaron Judge yeah. hitting 342 with the 1069 OPS. Uh, even you know Brett Gardner 835 OPS. Joey Gallo he's a uh, improved a little bit he's at, he's got an 840 ops on this winning streak and uh andrew velasquez pretty good story 803 ops uh during this win streak so it's really firing on all all cylinders and it's kind of what they needed all year it's everyone's clicking at the same time that's that's really what's going on here yeah i mean there were t- there were times during the year where everyone seemed to be bad at the same time uh now it's it's just the opposite and they're they're playing like pretty much exactly how they should be playing i think their record is like 75 and 52 right now if you if you told me before the season that the yankees would be 75 and 52 before the year i'd be like that sounds about right uh that's yeah. kind of where you would expect them to be maybe not the exact route that they took but that's kind of where you uh would expect them to be so yeah and uh i guess i guess with questions i mean where do they rank in terms of like um, in terms of where we like the American League power rankings heading into the playoffs? Like how are they're probably right up there with the uh, White Sox, Astros and Rays in terms of uh, in terms of postseason threats? Well, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to be convinced on the White Sox until they do something in the playoffs because I've referenced their record a lot against teams with a with a winning record. They struggle a lot. The Yankees own them this year. Uh, on paper, I'd say the Yankees are better than the Tampa Bay Rays, but I mean, looking at the Rays on paper just isn't fair. You can't do it because that's just not how they are. Yep. The really uh, the Rays don't play on paper, which is, you know, they like you could probably say going into last year's postseason that the Yankees are better on paper than the Rays. Um, yeah. And you know, the reality is that's just not the way to look at it with them. So. I mean, on paper, like they're right up there with anyone. Like they're right up there with the Astros, the White Sox, uh, pretty much anyone who could be going into the postseason, really. Yeah, I believe DJ LeMahieu's quote heading into last postseason was, uh, "I think we have the best roster in baseball." Um, so, but like you know, it's on paper. You're supposed to say that, yeah. You're supposed to say that, and the Dodgers had a way better roster anyway. But you know, I would, yeah, I, I put their paper roster over the Rays, but you know uh management the Rays are just gonna outsmart you yeah management and bullpen mm-hmm. that's uh that'll uh that'll that'll change things um it's it's amazing what the Rays have been able to do without uh tyler glass now uh and after losing <laughs> after losing snell and morton in the off season literally they're, they're three man row i mean, they're three man rotation from uh from last year 
just all not on the roster right now and probably will not be. Oh, yeah, Tyler Glass, I was getting Tommy John. Yeah, will not be for the next two years at least. Yeah, and they traded Rich Hill. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be yeah. fair, his spin rate had gone down since the crackdown. Yeah, but he was a you know he was a guy that was able to mm-hmm, give them mm-hmm. like four or five innings <laughs> yeah. every five days. There has been talk about like what their playoff rotation looks like this year. It's like Michael Waka, like Drew Rasmussen, Luis Patino, Ryan Yarbrough. Yeah, um, who's that guy? Shane McClanahan. Shane McClanahan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know what? They're not focused on starting pitching. Like those guys will go five innings each, and that's okay. That's what they're supposed to do. And then the stable will go from there. But I mean, you know, it, it's, it is, I think it's more feasible this year than it was last year to say that the Yankees could beat the Rays in a playoff series. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Especially given potential momentum. Obviously, we, we do have more than a month left uh, in this uh, season that we have here. But uh, yeah, it, it is more feasible also given like, the Yankees have guys coming back the Yankees offense and I I don't want to like jinx them or anything but the Yankees offense has been surprisingly healthy uh, especially coming from Judge and and Stanton and Stanton so uh, if you have uh, some the pessimist point of view would be that they're due the optimist point of view would be that you know they They figured out their health yeah Um, so if you have both of them in the in the playoff lineup because i believe stanton was kind of like on and off in last postseason right mm-hmm. well last and postseason the, he was great yeah but he got hurt in the in the regular season right so if it's a guarantee that um that both that uh both are able to be in the lineup that's a very good thing and i mean um it is weird because their offseason like their offseason acquisitions haven't been or not offseason midseason acquisitions haven't like been too impactful but i feel like it's still made an effect on like the rest of the lineup because it, it makes it mm-hmm. it makes their lineup more dangerous in general yeah like there's no one you can really like if you're gonna intentionally walk someone in that lineup you're gonna face the same guy yeah yeah <laughs> pretty much yeah, like Judge, Judge, Stanton, and Gallo are all the same player. Right. Yeah, it's very, it's very true. Um, there's really no, there's not really a hole in the lineup. It's not exactly. like earlier in the year when they had Aaron Hicks hitting third, and Jay Bruce hitting ninth. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that dude uh, played like ten games and was like, you know what, I'm out of here. Right. And, uh, and yeah, and now they got like Luke Voigt back hitting home runs for them, which is like pretty much another midseason acquisition. So they seem to be pretty, pretty back. Uh, is I feel like is Glaber Torres injured? I feel, I feel yeah, like, yeah, yeah, seen much yeah, of him. He is. Um, so yeah, that's uh, one thing on the, on the negative side for them. Uh, but they've uh, they've kind of been able to plug and play. Um, but yeah, I guess that's the, I guess that's the Yankees. Uh, yeah, currently four back in the division three ahead for the home, uh, wild card game. It's looking more and more, you know, as the A's lose more and more games, it's looking more and more like an, like a Yankees Red Sox wild card, which would be great. Which is for crazy. Yeah, it would be great for, I mean, it depends on the division really. 
Yeah, it, se- it seems like the Rays are more telling in in whether there's going to be a Yankees wild Yankees Red Sox wild card game or not than the A's. Yeah, my uh, my take that the A's were going to stick around is uh kind of falling apart on me. Uh, that's that was from like a week ago, but the, I think that was I think I did say that before the Chris Bassett injury. So I'm going to yeah. give myself uh I'm going to pass. I give myself a pass on that. That's fine. They, I'll accept it. They just lost their best starting pitcher to a complete freak accident. Uh, but yeah, and hope he recovers. Uh, yeah, so Yankees on a 12-game win streak. Um, they're killing it right now. Uh, what else? Uh, what else were we gonna get into? I kind of uh, Yadier Molina. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Yadier Molina. He announced that uh, 2022 is going to be his final season. Uh, that'll be his age 39 season, which is, you know, yeah. for a catcher, basically like your age 52 season. He's uh, He's been doing it for a while. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, his, uh, his career is hotly co- contested, especially in, in our sort of world. Yeah. Um. I mean, like, let's just put statistics aside and say this guy caught on a regular basis from age 21 to age 39 with the same team in Major League Baseball. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, it, it is pretty ridiculous. We, we, we haven't really seen that in the free agency era. Yeah, no, we don't. It's hard to see it. Uh like the guy just kept coming back to the, like he was and he's been a free agent too like last season he was a free agent and he ended up going back to the cardinals he signed an extension uh, a few days ago for i think it was one year and 10 mil or something like that so uh it's you know it's uh one of the few guys left from like the early 2000s that is still playing yeah i mean he was he entered the league before the red sox broke the curse yeah, he played in that World Series. Yeah, he he played in that World Series uh as a in his age 21 season and He's played in four World Series. That's crazy. Yeah, he's I mean whether he's a Hall of Fame or not, you know, you can debate all day, but he is definitely a staple in, you know, 21st century baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh you can't really think about 21st century baseball uh, without thinking of Yadier Molina being behind the plate for the Cardinals uh, very, very consistently. And I'm I'm pretty sure, um, wasn't it, uh, this was the craziest thing, but I, I'm pretty sure in 2020, he still caught the most games out of any catcher. Uh, I don't, that doesn't sound believable because he said, it says he only played 42 games. Yeah, but, uh, you know, cat, there's not a lot of, I think that could be true, but maybe caught the most innings. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. But um, oh, that would be tough. I mean, I don't know. They played so many double headers. Like, do you really think they would have? He would have caught all of them. Um, yeah, I I just remember I I remember hearing something. JT Real Muto played 47 games last year. How many is a catcher? Let's go to standard fielding. Uh, 2020. Um. Yeah, Real Muto only caught 36 as a catcher, or played 36 as a catcher. He was a DH nine uh. times. Um, I mean, if it wasn't the most, it was definitely one of the 
one of the most as a 38 year old playing all those double headers. So, I mean, and yeah, he's just, especially when you think of playing, playing the position defensively. I mean, Yadier Molina is one of the, one of the people, you know, a catcher has to model himself after. That graphic of like the amount of stolen base attempts, like against every team since 2004, where it's like, the like the Cardinals have like 700 against, while well, the like the next like lowest team is like 1100 is hilarious. Oh yeah, I can um, I can pause, I can pull up that uh, video and pause it and show that image. Yeah, foolish foolish is... baseball just made a video about Yadier Molina. Yeah, um, very good, very good video. Um, yeah, he's uh, and I think that was I think he made that before the announcement. Yeah. Yeah, which is like kind of perfect timing. Yeah, pretty wild. Um, does well for the algorithm for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Molina, he's definitely, and he's also part a uh, part of the uh, legendary, you know, trio of Jose, Benji, and you know, Yadier Molina. Yeah, uh, well, I just do want to quick say Yasmani Grandal played fifty five games as a catcher in twenty twenty. Okay, maybe it was net. Na- I. I- I hate to like, maybe it was National League. Maybe it could have been. I don't it know. It could have been. Um, oh yeah, here we go. Uh, go to go to the YouTube channel to check out the screen share that's about baseball. to happen. So yeah, as we can see here, this is all of the the stolen bases that every team has allowed since two thousand four or two thousand five or something like that. So Arizona is second to least. Lowest. And then you got St. Louis dropping off about 400 stolen bases less allowed. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure people saw it when uh, Colton Wong took second base, like took the actual base out of the ground. Had him uh, sign it. After, yeah, after stealing off of Yadier Molina. Yeah, I mean, he was, you know, he's the standard bearer of 21st century defensive catching for sure yeah uh it is very funny how like baseball twitter will debate for literally a decade about if he's a hall of famer or not and then the bbwa is going to put him in first ballot that's 100 percent. it's 100 percent going to happen there's no way it doesn't yeah it does yeah it doesn't matter what what we say trust me you think you think the bbwa is looking at vorp or warp or whatever it is yeah yeah, taking a trip to baseball prospectus. Yeah. Yeah, come on now. You think you think John Heyman's doing that? Right. It's Tom Verducci. Yeah, Tom Verducci's definitely not doing that. Right. As he as he plays dramatic music with a camera as he uh, fills out his ballot. That was he, I love that he's still getting getting heat for that. It's, it was so it was so bad. Like if if he I would forgive it more if he did that and voted in like 10 guys and voted in the steroid. He voted guys. three people. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then he ended up by being like, was this the year that I voted for the steroid guys? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he gave he he threw up a an a, a just a dusting of uh of hope for people like yeah. us and no. He's like, 
Yeah, we'll 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 think about that next year in their last. No, we year. won't. We won't think about it next year. You you already know I'm not doing it, and you know I'm gonna do the same thing with Ortiz and Arod too. Yeah, it's so funny because during the Field of Dreams game, when he had like that straw hat and like the the very you know like old timey looking outfit, like that's exactly how people see him when he fills out his ballots. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, before that, um, before he filled out that ballot for everyone to see, I did not know. He was like that type, but yeah. I oh think. yeah, no, he's been that type for forever. It's very weird. He's not on social media either, so it's like, right. His space to defend himself is within the column. Yep. And he had <laughs> that piece cool. recently that I sent to you about the Rays, where he like, I don't know if you've noticed this, but every, like around this time of year, every single year, someone will write a hit piece about the Rays because they don't like how they do things because it's non-traditional. Right. And this year it was Tom Verducci. Yeah. I mean, like, how can you criticize a team with that low payroll who is about to make the playoffs for the third consecutive year? And, yeah, potentially and they're, about have... to win ni- they're about to win 90 games for the fourth straight year, too. Well, yeah, I fourth... guess, okay, not really because 2020, but like they were, they would have won 90 games in 2020 had not for the pandemic and the shortened season. Yeah. And they could have the best record in the American League two years in a row. Exactly. I mean, yeah. But to be fair, he did say, like, if this is a model for winning, then, like, the Players Association should be concerned. Yeah. Which, like, I uh, don't think. But, like, the focus on it was very wrong. Like, I was, like, I said, like, if, if, if you're going to talk about, like, the injuries for the pitchers, like, and if that's going to be, like, the focal point around your column, then, like, there is a fair criticism to be made. But, like, he glanced over it and was like, yeah, but they just use a bunch of pitchers. It's bad. Right. Which is like, if anything, like we criticize we criticize teams for how they run their minor league systems all the time. The Rays are bringing more people out of that system than anybody else. Yeah, they might not be paying guys, paying relievers fifteen million a year to you know do that for them, but they're getting a lot more guys getting you know league minimum five hundred thirty yeah thousand a year. Yeah. So, and also. 29 teams are not running their system like the Rays. Yeah. You know, the Dodgers are still going to have, you know, a $280 million payroll and and do things similar to the Rays except with money. By the way, speaking of, like, columns that came out this week, Bob Nightingale had a piece where, like, the headline was, like, the, the payroll discrepancy in baseball has become laughable. And that's true. But the, the focal point was around the Dodgers and, like, shaming them. It's like, dude, the Dodgers are the ones that are just using the system to their advantage. Like, why are you, like, why are you, like, shaming them? Right, yeah, why, like... Like, shift, like, shift that, shift that to the, the Guardian, shift that to the Pirates. Like, it's, talk about the teams that are allowing the Dodgers to run on an unfair system like that. It's so old school to criticize an organization giving players more money. Yeah. It's like the Dodgers are using the system to their advantage to trade for Trey Turner and Max Serger to add to their already embarrassment of riches. This is unfair. The Dodgers shouldn't do this, even though they can, and they have the farm system to do so. Yeah, we got we got guys like Paul Dolan and Bob, Bob Nutting running things yeah. right, running things fairly. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like every I saw a graph where like the the net worth of Bob Nunning has gone up like substantially over the past like five years. Like it's like nearly doubled. 
and like he's spending the same amount on the team that he was five years ago. Right. Yeah. Like that's that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, for a lot of these owners, it's just a business venture. Shout out to mm-hmm. um I forget the Dodgers have a weird ownership group going on, but shout out it's to like all Magic them for... Johnson and I mean Magic Johnson is sort of the face of it because he's like extremely well known. Yeah, but, but yeah, he's like the, weird. He's like the Derek Jeter of the operation. Yeah. Like uh, he, he owns doesn't he own like doesn't Jeter own like four percent of the Marlins or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um but he he's looked at as the owner so that he so that he gets blamed for all the bad stuff that happens but yeah like it's like it's like looking at lebron james as the owner of the red sox right <laughs> yeah um and not yeah not the fenway sports group yeah um because in like last winter the like lebron brought bought like part of fenway sports group right right yeah yeah like we can't yeah, we can't be poo-pooing teams that are giving players more money. Like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know where Bob Nightingale's uh, money is coming from, but like he, USA Today, there's probably there might be a little incentive for him not to criticize guys like Bob Nutting, Paul Dolan. Um, trying to think of other guys, but like those yeah. types that are Sternberg. using that are using major league baseball simply as a business venture for them to make more money and not to build a winning franchise. Yeah. But anyway, Yadier Molina, what a great career. You know, I, I'm glad we went on a tangent because <laughs> we needed that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it'll be a bit like, he's going to be a hall of famer. Like I'm not, I'm not even like, there's a big debate. It's not even worth it. Like I'm just gonna, you know, appreciate what we have here and, and realize that, it's going to happen. Like, I don't, and I don't think the baseball hall of fame is going to look a million times worse with the idea Molina in it. Like a lot of people think. Oh yeah. Like that, I definitely. promise you, I promise you the worst guys have been, have been uh, admitted to the hall of fame in the last 10 years than Yadier Molina. So let's relax. Yeah. And to like address the hall of fame stuff briefly, cause we'll, we'll probably get into that a lot more like down the road, but you know, B war, like his the difference in his B war and his F war is pretty major, which is like it's just a thing of like uh you know which one are you gonna trust? Um fo- one of the things foolish baseball highlighted was F war actually has a uh fangraphs actually has a framing um factor that has think, been put in since two thousand eight. I think you've talked about that on the show too though. Yeah, like um a B war catcher B war is bad because no framing. Yeah, well, I didn't even know about the Fangraphs thing. Um, I, I knew I only knew about Baseball Prospectus keeping track of framing, and okay. they're still they're still looked at as the best outside of like Statcast. They're still they've been historically looked at as the best for um, uh, factoring framing, but you know, I think I think the thing was like i think yadier molina ranks seventh in catcher f war but like 20th in catcher b war so uh that's something to consider but like that's that's a conversation to have you know down the road when when that career is over because uh it won't be over until the end of 2022 um and yeah i mean if anything he he's definitely the the standard bearer for defensive greatness at the catcher position it's been Johnny Bench, Ivan Rodriguez, uh, Yadier Molina, like chronologically in terms yeah. of uh, playing that 
playing that uh, position. Like I don't, I don't think he's the best catcher of all time, like some people say. But I also don't think he's Jason Kendall, like some people say. Exactly, exactly, uh, for sure. You said it. You said it correctly. Um, all right. Um, I mean, any any other any other news that we got going on? Nah. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, so yeah, it'll probably be a bit of a shorter one. It is the end of the week, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as much news is going to happen. I just, I hate opening up uh, the wrong um, tab in my thing because of the, I, I'll click back to Zoom and then I'll just open up Premiere Pro on accident. Oh, nice. It's just annoying. Um, and then it, you know, Premiere Pro takes forever to load and it just takes up my screen. It's not great. But uh, now we get into players to highlight for players or subjects to highlight for uh, good and bad reasons. We'll start off with our Monday or Friday, uh, August 27th, 2021 edition of How about that? Who do you got to highlight for us today? So my, my how about that was someone who was on my breakout list this year and uh, I'm pretty happy about what that's looking like. I'm talking about Logan Webb from the San Francisco Giants who has a 1.63 ERA over his last 12 starts, which dates back to May 11th, uh, because he, he went on the IL. Uh, he missed a month. And uh, that 1.63 ERA since May 11th leads the majors among pitchers with at least 60 innings pitched. And I know that's kind of a cheap move because I'm cherry-picking. Uh, he went on the IL. But let's talk about this. Since he came off the IL on July 9th, he qualifies for rate stats and has a 1.82 ERA and a 1.2 F4, which is tied for the 11th most in the majors. And since July 9th, his 65.9% ground ball rate gives him the major league lead in SIERA among qualifiers. If you don't know what SIERA is, it is skill interactive ERA. It's essentially FIP with a ground ball component. And being that he is a 65% ground ball rate, uh, naturally that stat is going to be nice to him and he is the major league lead among qualifiers since July 9th. And of the 196 pitchers who have thrown at least 300 pitches since July 9th, Logan Webb's negative five degree average launch angle against is the lowest. And he's thrown 700 pitches, so 300 pitches is not a cherry pick. And uh, this stretch marks the fifth time a pitcher aged 24 or younger has had a sub-165 ERA, a 28-plus strikeout rate, and a sub-five-and-a-half walk rate in 60 innings pitched. Only four other pitchers have done that in a 12-game stretch. And the other four are Dwight Gooden, Mark Pryor, Steven Strasburg, and Jack Flaherty. So Logan Webb has been very impressive through pretty much every front uh, since July 9th and since May 11th, too. Logan Webb. How about that? Kind of a continuation from a how about that I had long ago Yep. with the... Uh, Giants rotation. He was kind of. Did you talk about Logan Webb in that one? No, it was all yeah, uh, Gossman. That was before he broke out. It was, it was Gossman, Desclafani, and Wood. And what I highlighted is like their ground ball rates all increased this year. Mm-hmm. And Logan Webb, Webb is a product of that. And I believe yeah, at the how, I, I believe at the time of that, how about that? Uh, so in 2020, the Giants uh, pitching staff ranked 29th in ground ball rate, and then it this year at the time of that how about that they were first in ground ball rate and logan webb uh 
what lowest launch angle or like highest ground ball rate in in a uh, certain yeah. span uh well league leader in siera which is mm-hmm. since july 9th which is which fit with a ground ball component and uh among the 196 pitchers with at least 300 pitches thrown since july 9th to which he is 700 negative five degree launch angle which is the lowest yeah so yeah. like yeah they're they're definitely doing something over there in uh in the they bay have the, they have the ground ball lab <laughs> yeah just they gotta love they gotta love facing eric hosmer over there oh my god when, yeah uh, for sure <laughs> like the opposite of when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object it's like when the ground ball machine faces the ground ball machine yeah it's just like it's it's perfect it's like uh yeah it's like it's, a, it's like two pieces of a puzzle they fit together perfectly yeah, they're just like perfect yeah. yeah they're meant for each other for sure like that's got to be a 100 percent ground ball rate when they're <laughs> facing each other well i mean uh, eric cosmer faces the giants a lot in the next month yeah <laughs> yeah that's gonna be th- those are gonna be some very unexciting plate appearances but exciting for us because we know it's gonna happen um my how about that um this is kind of overall in the year or past few months. Uh, I'm looking at like, and this is going to, you know, we've done 29 teams. This is going to be the 30th team. Oh, I'm looking at a guy on the Mets who hasn't been playing his worst over the past month. Uh, but a guy who's been doing pretty much doing, doing his thing the entire, uh, the entire year. And uh, also, you know, was kind of an underrated offseason acquisition. I'm talking about Aaron Loop out of the Mets. I was, I was thinking about doing him too. I'm glad you. I'm glad you did it. Um, I was a little he- hesitant because he 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 gave up some inherited runners on uh, Wednesday night, but he had a good outing last night, so you you, you had to do it. No, this um, is this is a valid. How about that? For sure, for sure. On the year, and the reason he is a valid. How about that? Is on the year. He has a 104 ERA, a 190 FIP, and a 294 expected ERA, and a 504 OPS against. Overall in the year, of the 381 pitchers to face 150 batters this year, his slugging against ranks 8th lowest, and his ERA ranks 2nd lowest out of 381. And in his last 36 appearances since uh, about the end of May, he's allowed one run in 32 innings pitch with a with an ops uh below ops against below 400 which i uh, did not update since uh before last night but it's uh it's very very good and of the 364 pitchers to face 100 batters in this span this 36 appearance span for him he has the third lowest woba against second lowest slugging against and the lowest ERA out of 364 pitchers. Uh, on Wednesday night, he did allow a double to Brandon Crawford, but that was to snap a streak of 76 lefty batters in a row, not to get an extra base hit off of loop. Uh, it had been 348 days since his last extra base hit allowed to a lefty, and he was pitching the entire time. No, uh, I don't think any IL stints in there. He had pitched... Uh, about 50 innings in that span. So uh, crossing crossing the last team off the list, finally, uh, as we approach September. Uh, so Aaron Loop. How about 
Real quick, what did you say his whip was? Uh, I didn't get into whip. His FIP was 190. Okay, I thought you said whip. I was like, a 190 whip. That's, that's <laughs> not good. Uh, maybe maybe I said it accidentally, but yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. If, it, if I did say whip, I meant FIP. <laughs> He's not giving up two base runners per inning, inning with and a still one. Giving, and still has a 1.04 ERA. <laughs> yeah he's like i can only pitch with runners in scoring position i'm sorry his his average against with runners in scoring position is 0.05 yeah 0.005 yeah he's and the ops against is below 100 <laughs> like he lives for the high leverage situation yeah. Yep. um yeah so shout out to him uh and shout out shout out to us as a team we we uh we set a goal at the beginning of the year to cross off uh, every team off the list for how about that? And uh, we just, we just did that. Yeah, um, did. And uh, now we get in, now we go from the highs to the lows talking about players or subjects that have been underperforming. So for our Friday, August 27th, 2021 edition of slightly alarming. Uh, what do you got for us today? So my slightly, slightly alarming came off the injured list about a month ago, a little over that actually. And since then, he has been struggling. I'm talking about Justin Upton of the Anaheim Angels, who since July 22nd, when he made his return, is slashing 140, 213, 267, 480. Of the 193 players with at least 90 plate appearances since then, his 213 OBP is tied for dead last. His exit velocity before this stretch was 91.7 miles per hour, and it is now 85.4 miles per hour. It has gone down. Uh, almost six and a half miles an hour. That is a pretty dramatic uh, drop. And his barrel rate has also gone from 13.1% before the stretch to 8.6% during the stretch. So he's not been hitting the ball hard. Uh, he's just not, that's, and he's also been striking a lot out a lot. He's not walking as much. Uh, his big problem has really just been he is not hitting the ball hard and, and the results have shown with it. Uh, yeah, very interesting. Justin Upton. Slightly alarming. Uh, I'm, look, uh, I'm trying to see what his injury was, seeing if it could be anything that could Would be related. Be, uh, related uh, back injury. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's something that tends to linger. So maybe it's a health thing or maybe it's just he's just not able to get the barrel on the ball the same way. Uh, you know, only one year left on his deal after this year so uh that that's that that'll be the end of that uh mess in anaheim uh my slightly alarming was a mid-season acquisition uh an all-star uh, a starting all-star this past uh this uh 2021 all-star game and he has not been the same guy in his new city I'm talking about Adam Frazier, the starting second baseman at the National League All-Star Game, or at the MLB All-Star Game for the National League. Uh, in his time with San Diego, he is hitting 227 with a 540 OPS and 105 plate appearances. Uh, since joining the Padres, he ranks 157th out of 163 in slugging and 155th in OPS. And um, I may have identified the problem. We... Uh, we mentioned this guy before in the in the show. He tends to come up as a meme. Adam Fraser might be hanging out too much with Eric Hosmer. 
because as a pirate this year, Adam Frazier had a ground ball rate of 37.5%. That was 114th highest out of 144 hitters with 200 plus batted balls. So he was on the low end of the ground ball rate spectrum. As a Padre, his ground ball rate is 54.8%, which is 13th highest out of 200 hitters with 50 plus batted balls in the span. So he's gone from a very low end of the spectrum in terms of ground ball rate to one of the highest. And his average launch angle has gone from 15 to five since joining the Padres. So that's bad. So I don't know. Is it is it a thing where like the Padres are encouraging him to hit ground balls or is he just not seeing the ball as well? Uh, I mean, there's I no know. way the Padres would encourage him to hit ground balls. Yeah. I mean, the only, maybe he has forged a friendship with, with Eric, Eric Cosmer. He's saying, I, I mean, mean, to be fair, I mean, if he's playing second and Eric Cosmer is playing first, like they're, they're pretty close together on the field. Like he might be, he has Eric Cosmer has some sort of like radioactive energy that just like yeah. comes on dead Frazier and he can only hit the ball on the ground. Yeah. Instead of like, passing COVID around the clubhouse, Hosmer just passes around low, 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 much wor- a much worse disease. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no vaccine for that. Unfortunately. Yeah, no, definitely not. So if there was a vaccine for that. And there was a major league baseball would imply, would have to imply like a, a hundred percent rule instead of an 85% rule. Every yeah. player would get it. Exactly. Yeah, that would be, you know what? That's how, that's how major league baseball should have just marketed the COVID vaccine. Yeah. yeah. It will, will will improve ground ball rate as yeah. hitter. Inc- improve your barrels. Uh yeah. Adam Frazier. Slightly alarming. Uh it's I mean his ground ball rate has gone up uh over 17%, 17 percentage points uh since mm-hmm. joining the Padres. I have no idea what's going on there. And uh paying a price. Hit, hit, you know, he was uh second in the National League in average when he came to San Diego and now he's hitting 227. Uh, not the best. So that those were our uh, players to highlight, players of subjects to highlight for good and bad reasons. Um, now we get into a preview of the weekend ahead. Uh, I'm going to point out some series to watch. Daniel's going to point out some day by day matchups. And uh, to be honest, there's a there's a good amount of uh, good series. A lot to of watch good baseball there. this weekend. Yeah. Um, First of all, you have the very competitive Orioles versus Rays. Orioles coming off a two-game win streak. Yeah. You know they're going to be a plain are, spoiler here. They are tied for the most wins in baseball since uh, August 25th. Yeah, not enough people are talking about it. You know, we mm-hmm. we uh, highlighted the uh, Yankees streak. Honestly, but... I would. I they probably lead the league in like a bunch of offensive categories since then. True, they have scored because they 23... scored ten runs and thirteen runs. Yeah, they've scored twenty-three runs in their past two games uh averaging uh, about 11 and a half runs per game yeah they might uh they might lead in that um yeah i i'd say there's two really good series to look at uh first one is on yeah there's it's good for baseball fans because it's an east coast one and a west coast one uh and it's actually both uh one coastal team traveling across the country either way so uh this weekend you got Braves Giants. Braves arguably the hottest team, or yeah, the hottest team in the National League. Even though they just lost two to the hottest team in baseball, but you know a very streaking team. 
they're facing the Giants, who are who have the best record in uh, all of baseball, 83 and 44. So that's going to be a great, great series. You have a great pitching matchup, which is probably going to be matchup of the night uh, tonight on Friday. Then uh, tomorrow night, uh, Daniels, how about that? Logan Webb is going to be facing to be determined. And Sunday, 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 we have uh, no, no uh, announced starters yet. And then the other series to watch, is uh, you know a battle of two wild card contenders. You have a very another very good pitching matchup tonight on Friday. Uh, then you have uh, Frankie Montas versus Nestor Cortez on Saturday, and then Sunday uh, from A's Yankees. It's going to be Sunday night baseball with I think Paul Blackburn versus uh, Jordan Montgomery. So if the A's can get it together somehow and make up some ground in the wild card, you know, that would be a good series for that. But this could be a series where the, where the Yankees really break away and uh, the A's just become more of a non-factor and it's looking more and more like it could be that way, but it can change. So what do you got for day-by-day matchups? Uh, just some numbers on the Orioles. Going back to August 25th when their win streak started, they, as a team, are slashing 343, 427, 614, with a 181 OP or weighted runs created plus. Uh, this is you don't want to mess with this team right now. So they got their ace Matt Harvey, uh, 2013 Cy Young candidate Matt Harvey, going yeah. for them tonight. So that's going to be interesting. Going against Shane McClanahan, he's going to have to be damn near perfect tonight. Uh, if you're going to beat, I mean, like the Dark Knight, Chris. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like the movie. Exactly, but it's Matt Harvey. Yeah, this ain't no movie. This is uh, yeah. this is real. You yeah, got no. that, you got that '96 coming right for you. Probably yep. more like '93 now. So tonight you have hits per nine merchant Eduardo Rodriguez going for the Red Sox against the Guardians. You have Aaron Nola going for the Phillies against the Diamondbacks. The Phillies need a win desperately. For some reason, they just cannot beat Arizona. You have the aforementioned Shane McClanahan going for the Rays. You have. Uh, Wade Miley and Zach Thompson facing each other in Reds Marlins. You have Steven Matz pitching for the Blue Jays. You have uh, uh, Dallas Keuchel pitching tonight in the Chicago series in guaranteed right field. You have Eric Lauer pitching tonight for the Brewers. He's been uh, an unsung hero, like I mentioned before. You have Joe Musgrove pitching for the Padres against the Angels. They need a win desperately. You have Kyle Freeland going against the Dodgers. He has been a lot better lately, and not a lot of people are talking about that. You have Garrett Cole versus Sean Manaya uh, in Yankees and A's. And then the matchup of the night comes to you from Giants-Braves. It really could go either way with Garrett Cole, Sean Manaya, or Kevin Gosman, Max Freed. Max Freed has been doing a lot better uh, since he came off the injured list. And then on Saturday, you have uh, Nestor Cortez pitching for the Yankees against Frankie Montas. You have Tyler Anderson pitching for the Mariners. You have Kyle Gibson pitching for the Phillies. Sandy Alcantara going for the Marlins. Alec Manoa going for the Blue Jays. John Means going for the Orioles. Framber Valdez going for the Astros. Adam Wainwright going for the Cardinals. Lance Lynn going for the White Sox. Marcus, a lot of good pitching on Saturday. Marcus Stroman going for the Mets. Uh, okay, never mind. I thought that was the other Burns. It is not. Logan Webb, like Chris mentioned, will be going. Uh, John Gray versus David Price in Rockies. And 
Dodgers, and the matchup of the night comes from Red Sox versus Guardians. You have 2021 All-Star Nathan Eovaldi going against Chris's How About That from very recently Cal Quantrill. That'll be a good matchup, 4.05 Eastern on Saturday. And then on Sunday, you have uh, you have Quang Hyung Kim going for the Cardinals against the Pirates. You have Tyler Male going for the Reds against the Marlins. Berrios going for the uh, Blue Jays against the Tigers. You have uh, the matchup of two ARR memes going against each other in the All-Chicago series. Kyle Hendricks versus Dylan Cease. That'll nice. be a fun one. You have Zach Greinke going for the Astros against the Rangers. And you have Marco Gonzalez going for the Mariners against the Royals. He's been improving a lot lately. Matchup of the day comes from Diamondbacks Phillies. You have Madison Bumgarner versus Ranger Suarez, one of my previous How About That's. Yeah, and Bumgarner, I believe, is has been a little better than yeah. uh, he was before. Uh, I Also, I, I was watching... Um, Sunday night baseball last week. I believe we are pronouncing uh Cal's name incorrectly. I believe it's Quantrill. That's okay. how they were pronouncing it. That's how Matt Vaskersion was pronouncing it. And he's got the he's got the media guide. So shout out to Cal uh Quantrill. Um so yeah, we hope you enjoyed this one. Uh if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens, see that uh see that graph that was uh displayed uh about the uh about the Cardinals caught st- or uh, stolen bases against. And that was pretty crazy to see. Head over to the YouTube channel and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio. Um, also, if you uh, want to fo- follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. And follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. And we hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you on monday where we will be talking all the happenings in major league baseball once again see you then this conversation this conversation is over is over